There is no genius without a hint of madness, I observed, quoting Aristotle. Modern psychologists and artists seem to be in agreement about that. Joseph Moreau did not lack for volunteers when he started to conduct experiments in hallucination using oriental drugs. Hugo's acolyte, Gautier, was one of the most enthusiastic, I believe. Indeed, said Chaplin, with a sigh. Actually, Monsieur Dupin, there is one aspect of the present case with which you might be able to help me. At the very least, it might be of some slight interest to you. So saying, he reached into the inside pocket of his frock coat and brought out a piece of paper, which he showed to Dupin and myself. Inscribed on the paper was an array of forty-nine characters, symmetrically arrayed in seven groups of seven to form a square. If the characters were letters, they did not belong to any alphabet that I could recognize. After a preliminary glance, Dupin took hold of the paper and studied it more attentively. There was a frown on his face that I assumed to be a frown of puzzlement and concentration. After fifteen or twenty seconds of profound silence, Chaplin said, "'Well, Monsieur Dupin, do you know what it means?' "'No,' Dupin admitted, but he was quick to add, "'But I know in a general sense what it is.' "'And what is it?' Chaplin asked. "'A cryptogram.' You mean a coded message of some kind, I put in. Those symbols stand for letters of the alphabet, which, when the correct substitutions are made, spell out a text in Latin, French, or whatever. I had, of course, read my American correspondent's excellent tale, The Gold Bug, in which a coded message of that kind leads to treasure buried by the infamous pirate Captain Kidd. Tales of pirate treasure were very much in vogue in Paris in 1846, because the second phase of the rivalry between Monsieur Sue and Monsieur Dumas had spawned Dumas' relentlessly melodramatic tale of the Comte de Monte Cristo, who had set out to take revenge upon the enemies that had confined him to the Chateau d'If after enriching himself fabulously with such a treasure. That is the vulgar understanding of a cryptogram. Dupin confirmed, with such naked contempt in his voice that I felt momentarily ashamed for having innocently suggested it. "'That's my understanding, too,' Chaplin put in, loyally. "'If there's a more sophisticated one, it has escaped my notice.' "'That might well be to your credit,' Dupin admitted. "'For the other meaning is one that is more likely to recommend itself to the Baron du Potet.' now that he is haunting the bookshops of Paris for esoteric tomes of all sorts. The edge in his voice suggested that he did not appreciate the extra competition, given that there were more than enough bibliomaniacs in Paris already, not to mention those in the provinces, who occasionally mounted voracious raids on the bookshops of Paris. So tell us, I said a trifle sharply, what is a cryptogram to intellectuals of a less vulgar stripe? Originally, Dupin said, a cryptogram was a particular kind of magic spell. The format has been cheapened by overmuch imitation, of course. You can see magical squares of this sort, almost invariably manifesting the same seven-by-seven formation, in numerous alchemical texts and so-called grimoires. Many of those attempt to adapt the format to a Christian context to which it is ill-fitted, while others pretend, always falsely, so far as I can tell, 
to be the most celebrated legendary original. What legendary original is that? Chapelain queried, the hint of impatience in his voice not entirely due to his heavy day at Bicetre. The so-called key or seal of Solomon, the instrument with which the great king is said to have bound the demons that once supposedly ravaged the earth, the jinn, as Arab folklore calls them.